0: This podcast is brought to you by Modest Coffee, single-origin coffee without the snobbery. Go to www.modest.coffee forward slash no bad reviews to see what coffees they're roasting today. Cheers!
1: Welcome to No Bad Reviews: colon, A Coffee Podcast. This is a podcast where us three friends and coworkers are going to try some coffee and tell you some interesting history while we're at it. I'm Jenny, and I run all of the operations at a coffee company, and it's called Modest Coffee, and that's my job.
2: And that's her job, and she's sticking to it. <laughs> and I'm Marcus lead coffee roaster, green coffee buyer, and 2021 Good Food Award winning coffee roaster, and the best coffee roaster we have on staff.
3: (laughs) And I'm Stephanie, and I'm the employee of the month for 33 consecutive months.
1: First, I want to announce the winner of this week's giveaway, and I want to say thank you to Lisa! We're going to be contacting you to... Get you a bag of modest coffee. If your name was not chosen today, you still have an opportunity to win. All you have to do is send us a screenshot. There should be a little check mark whether you're following us or you're subscribed or whatever it is. But just send us a screenshot to hello and no bad reviews or you can direct message us on social media, which is at no bad reviews pod. Or if you want to be kind of public about your support for us, you can tag us in a social media post, but your account has to be public so that we can see it. Also, we have merch. If you go to our website, NoBadReviewsPodcast.com, there's a little merch. merch tab. It's really fun, really fun, brightly colored, greenish aqua, all of it. You can be head to toe if you want in this really fun color and promoting no bad reviews.
2: They were designed with head to toe in mind. <laughs>
1: Absolutely. <laughs> yeah. The only thing we don't have is shoes, and we are right. working on finding the right shoe making partner.
2: I'm, Nike. I'm debating contracts between Nike yeah. and Adidas right now. So, yeah. I don't know. We're going to see who the highest bidder is.
1: I think you're going to have somebody like message us yelling at you about how you just pronounced Adidas. (laughs) That's the
2: proper pronunciation. Adidas
1: or Adidas. That was a Harry Potter joke.
2: (laughs) (laughs) And now we're going to get sued by three big
1: companies.
3: (laughs)
2: Warner Brothers is going to be like, you ticked that shit off.
1: (laughs) They don't fuck around. <laughs> <one of> those. <laughs> well, um, well, let's see what happens. <laughs> going to roll the dice. Right. Oh, yeah. We also have a Patreon. We have been having so much fun doing these little bonus a bonus episode series called Love It or Leave It. At the end of every episode, we try something that is related to the episode that we had just recorded. So if you finish a, an episode and you just want more, go check us out on Patreon.
2: Plus, it allows you to support us directly. Yeah. Which is really, really helpful. And we don't
1: have to have big ass sponsors do you guys want to have to listen to bullshit commercials or do you just want to support us directly? it's your choice anyways patreon.com slash no bad reviews pod we would love it to see you on there i think that's all the business i have anybody else no yeah no, I think we're ready to roll right into it. Today, we are going to be doing Girl Scout cookies, coffee. Mm. Um, this is going to be a little bit different because I am the one who did the research for this.
3: Yay! We happen
1: to be doing a double header because Marcus and I are going out of town at the end of March for spring break, and we'll be gone over recording day. So... Um, rather In case than
2: anybody's n- looking to rob us, um, <laughs> our house will be empty that week.
1: It will not actually be empty because we'll be having somebody staying here with the animals.
2: Ah, good um, idea.
1: So don't rob that person any more than you would rob us normally. Right.
2: <laughs> and honestly, like, all we have is a bunch of really expensive studio podcasting equipment that you
1: would sell really fast anyway, so it's not like there's that much. Um, Anyways, please be kind to the person staying in our home while we're gone. Um, (laughs) Anyways, so rather than make Steph do 50 hours of research, I did some research myself, and researching is fun for me. We'll see how this goes. It's going to be great. Yeah, I think so. Maybe maybe it'll be so great that we won't even need you anymore, Steph. i <laughs> are
2: always making jokes about, like, killing stuff.
1: Oh, Wait, are you always making jokes about killing
3: me?
2: <laughs> no, in the figurative sense. Steph.
3: I hope that I don't have to drink whiskey alone on Sunday morning. <laughs> I hope that I can yeah. stay here. When, you do, when you're being recorded for it, it's a
2: job. Right. When you're
3: do,
2: not being recorded. <laughs>
1: People frown on it. (laughs) (laughs) First, we're going to talk about the history of the Girl Scouts. So 50 million women in the United States alone have been Girl Scouts. So that's a pretty astounding number. That's like
2: one third out of all women
1: in the country. Mm -hmm. I'm surprised it's not more. Wow. Um, I like was one. You were one? Mm-hmm. I was one. I was a Girl Scout all the way from kindergarten through eighth grade. So oh, jeez. I had, I had a great troop, Girl Scout troop growing up, though. I had I so was yeah, in our Boy troop Scouts, was great. and
2: I was really jealous of the Girl Scout cookies. Oh, yeah? yeah. I mean,
1: yeah, you got, like, lame-ass popcorn. Yeah. Like, <laughs> I don't <like laughs> <even> know <laughs> if stupid had chocolate fundraisers. Bars.
2: Yeah, chocolate bars. That's what we were doing.
1: Uh, yeah, yeah, the world's greatest? That's a lie. Yeah. Sorry, those chocolate bars kind of suck. <laughs> yeah.
2: I mean, I, they weren't even worth stealing as a kid. I remember thinking, like, oh... Should I eat one? And I was like, <laughs> no. They weren't even.
1: Well, we're going to find out later on today when we do our Patreon bonus episode. We're going to compare Girl Scout cookies to the Aldi version of the Girl Scout cookies. We're going to see which one's better. Maybe Girl Scout cookies also kind of suck. No, no. We'll find out. <laughs> um, anyway, so it was founded in 1912. I think most people who are Girl Scouts know it was founded by Juliet Gordon Lowe. Do you remember that? I do you remember her name? Yeah, yeah. You definitely learned her history as a Girl Scout. She went by the nickname Daisy. Is
2: that a name of a cookie? The daisies?
1: It's not, but oh. it is a name of the very first level of Girl Scouts, like the little kindergartners and first graders, are Daisy Scouts.
2: Mm. I thought that was brownies.
1: Nope, that's they're next. Yep. Those are next. Those are next. next I was level. a brownie. I don't think brownie? I made it past
3: brownie. Oh, this is so cute.
1: <laughs> it's so <laughs> daisies cute. Daisies
2: and brownies and. And then what's the next one? Dosey Dose? <laughs> when do a- you become a Thin Mint?
1: <laughs> it takes a while. They get kind of serious after that. It's like Cadet and, I don't know, Big Girl Scout after that. Big Girl Scout.
2: <laughs> and then woman. Is there ever a woman scout or they just kick you out at that point? Is it like Hollywood? You're like, you're too old. <laughs>
1: So Juliet, or I'll just call her Daisy. So she went over to England and she found out about the girl guides. It was like pretty big in the UK. In these 1910 era, scouts were like really big. There were the beehive girls, which is kind of fun and cute. I love it. But it was Mormon. So this was out in Utah. Do you guys know that like beehives are a big thing in Utah?
2: Like hairstyles? or No,
1: like if you go to the state of Utah, all of their signs, you know how like when you go to a state, if it's a state highway, it has like a picture of the state. Yeah. No, if you go to Utah, it's a beehive. So they were called the beehive girls. And their idea was that like, if you work like a little bee, you're going to build up this mm. great state of Mormonism in the middle of the desert. Sweet. So like it just became their thing. So they had the Beehive girls, which I, I still think is adorable.
3: I was picturing the hair. I was picturing oh. a bunch of
1: little girls with really big hair. In like the 1910s. I guess. With that's big way huge off. hair. Yeah. 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 <laughs> <laughs> then they also had the campfire girls. And oh yeah. I had some friends who were Yeah, that one's still going, but it's like Campfire Girls and Boys now.
3: Oh. So that
1: was another one.
3: My Catholic friends were all campfire girls because Girl Scouts met on Wednesdays and they had to oh. do some sort of religious class on Wednesdays. I think so they do religion
1: I do us. remember
2: church being a thing on Wednesday. Yeah. Mm-hmm.
1: So then they had to be campfire girls. So Julia Daisy came back from the UK. She was like super fired up about starting this Girl Guides. Basically took everything about it, including their constitution and the manual from Girl Guides of the UK. And she was looking for people to partner with her, people who had existing scouting organizations. And everybody kept telling her to fuck off. She talked to the Campfire Girls, but they were a much bigger organization. They're like, we don't need to partner with you. And then she talked to the Girl Scouts of America. And the woman who owned that was like, fuck you. She did not <laughs> like Juliet at all she was like super mean to her so juliet gordon lowe started girl guides in america took off like fucking crazy she was really into it they were like into the outdoors and service work and all the things that we know girl scouts stand for eventually girl scouts of america fizzled out pretty soon after girl guides started and so juliet gordon lowe was like i'm gonna take that name And then in 1947, they came to be known as the Girl Scouts of the United States of America.
2: I really like the American themes of stealing better ideas
1: than (laughs) your names. She just is really, like, she's really inspired. But she, like, had it because, like, by 1920, just eight years, they already had 20,000 members. Wow. The Girl Scouts of America, for, like, a 30-year span from, like, 1940 to 1970, they had an aviation badge. They would take girls, like, so we're talking tweens and teens, okay. and teach them how to fly airplanes.
3: Whoa. Really? And
1: they could earn the fucking airplane badge. That's awesome. And, like, in, like, the 50s, it became sponsored by United Airlines, and they then phased it out in the 1970s. But I'm, like, imagining them putting... Little children (laughs) piloting a fucking airplane (laughs) in the 1940s. People have barely been flying. Mm. They were like, fucking, the world's on fire. Send the girls up into the sky. Maybe, do you
2: think Amelia Earhart had something to do with that?
1: Could be. Because she was Mm. a badass. Yeah, I mean, it could have been.
2: And all the little girls were like, we want to learn how to fly. And the Girl Scouts were like,
1: sure. All right. Yeah. I mean, we trust kids to do all sorts of dangerous stuff back in the mid. 20th century sure yeah go ahead
2: they're like here here's a pack of cigarettes get in the air
1: (laughs) (laughs) so that shit fucking grew really fast and they just started in georgia and then just little troops started popping up around the united states and so then all of these troops then organized into councils and now we've got all these councils around the united states and then there's headquarters in new york that
2: were the headquarters of like girl scout cookies is
1: well so that's the thing when I signed up to be a Girl Scout leader when Sage was in kindergarten they told me that each Girl Scout troop got 50 cents per box and I was like that's bullshit because I know that the CEO makes a ton of money and at the time she only made like $350,000 only enough to be pissed that they're sending girls out on the streets so when I was doing some more research into it for this episode I found out that the cookie sales money actually stays within the councils and how Girl Scouts of America headquartered in New York how they make their money is through, like, government grants, membership dues, licensing the name Girl Scouts to the councils. Mm-hmm. So they own the, the rights to the Girl Scouts. And so, like, royalties for the cookies go to them. And then all these councils have to pay royalties to New York headquarters. Dang. What the fuck are they doing? Because the councils... The little local councils provide all the resources, manage like the camps, they manage all the troops. They're doing all the work. All the councils are doing the work. I cannot figure out what the fuck New York HQ does, but the CEO makes $687,000. I looked up their 990 tax form. Every single executive makes $200,000 plus. They are making three, four, five hundred, six hundred thousand $600,000 across the fucking board. Their salaries account for 52% of the budget of the Girl Scouts HQ. Holy shit. Yeah. And they don't have that many people on the payroll.
2: So It's maybe ridiculous. Are, maybe the other 50% is like...
1: like um, it's like their mortgage.
2: To sue people that are using the Girl Scout cookie name without paying for it.
1: Oh, well, that's funny you say that because they do spend millions of dollars on independent contractors <laughs> for things like legal... And technology yeah. and all of those sorts of things. That Millions makes sense. of dollars, like five million dollars yeah. to like the technology company that helps them run their computers or something.
2: So they exist to protect the brand.
1: Yeah, basically. Yeah. Okay. Why the fuck is the CEO making that much money? It's That's... kind of ridiculous to me. Is this a not for profit organization yeah. or is this a Oh yeah, it's a non for profit. Because they're getting government grants and they have to file a nine ninety as a non profit. Wow. Yeah. Kind of fucked up. Yeah. So I don't know what the fuck. Girl Scouts HQ is doing. Hmm. But it seems like they're not following along with
2: what they're doing right now is readying an email to their lawyers to tell us to shut the fuck up.
1: Yeah, well, anybody can look this information up. All (laughs) I did was go to the IRS's website and type in their employee identification number. Yeah. Which you can easily find just by Googling. Yeah. Just anybody
2: with a computer and some common sense.
1: Yeah. So anyways, uh, not sure what they're doing. Councils are doing great work. I was relieved to find out that the Girl Scout cookie sales are not supporting the $700,000 salary of the CEO of the Girl Scouts of America nonprofit. Is
3: $700,000 even that much if you live in Manhattan, though? I mean, I think so. I think it's still a lot. It's still plenty yeah. of money. I think yeah. it's still maybe plenty of money.
1: Yeah. Uh, mm. So yeah, your cookie sales are still, the troops still actually only do get about 80 cents per box. Mm. 15 cents of every box goes to like Girl Scout Rewards and then they got to pay a buck to the baker and then $3 goes to the local council and all their programs, oh. which isn't bad. Um
2: Okay, so that's how like all those little like scout trips get paid for.
1: Yeah, basically. And then like you know, maintaining their their camp facilities and cool. all that kind of stuff. Oh, I
2: feel I actually feel a little bit better about this now because yeah. I thought it was just a racket.
1: Yeah. It
2: sounds like it might still be a bit of a racket. There's a racket happening for
1: sure. Yeah. There's still definitely a racket happening.
2: Yeah.
1: Mm. Actually, do you wanna know how the cookies got started? Yeah, I do. So in nineteen seventeen some Girl Scouts, this Girl Scout troop wanted to raised funds to buy handkerchiefs for the soldiers in World War One, So they just made a bunch of sugar cookies and went around selling them to people. Aww. And then other troops heard about this. So other troops started making cookies and selling them to raise money for their troops or for, you know, another organization, which I think is so adorable. And the idea took off so much that in 1922, so five years later, the American Girl, which is um, an industry, Girl Scout industry publication, printed a sugar cookie recipe that members could, bake and use to raise money for their troops or whatever they wanted. So they had a standardized recipe finally. And then 1936, the Girl Scouts of America were like, we're going to get in on this. They started hiring commercial bakers and it became an official part of Americana. So they've been selling cookies for a while. Yeah. I mean, this is deeply entrenched in American history. I mean, if you even say something bad about Girl Scouts or Girl Scout cookies to somebody, I mean, nobody can even handle that. People take the cookies seriously. Very seriously. Do not say anything bad. Oh, they're expensive? What? You hate the girls? (laughs) Do you hate girls?
2: I can already imagine, like, the hate mail we're going to (laughs) get. Like, how fucking dare you?
3: (laughs) I'm encouraged that so much of that cookie money ends up with the councils and with the girls. That's great. I really thought it was much less. So that's great. I'm really
1: glad about that. So yeah, basically it's the councils that are managing the fundraising. Girl Scouts makes or sells $800 million worth of Girl Scout cookies every year. (laughs) That has got
2: to be like one of the biggest. Insane. Like nonprofit products in the world. It's got to be.
1: Mm-hmm. I still feel a little uncomfortable with the fact that it's child labor, but whatever.
3: Selling them, not baking them. Right, that's true. That's no. true. And it doesn't count as
2: child labor if you don't pay them.
1: Yeah. So child volunteer work.
2: That's the workaround.
1: There you go. Oh. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah.
2: It's a fundraising activity meant yeah. to build moral character.
1: An $800 million fundraising activity. Mm-hmm. Let's see. Thin Mints are by far the most popular making up 25% of all the cookie sales. It's so weird to me. Me too. definitely my least favorite. I Mine too.
2: It is my favorite. Uh-huh. Really? Yeah. I'm surprised. It's so
1: weird. I wonder if people only like them because everybody else likes them. Like, you've been told that thin mints are the best, and that's now what's in your mind.
2: No, I just like you can crush them. Oh, God. Put me in front of a ream of those, and I just <laughs> put them down.
1: Well, my favorite is the one that we're going to be drinking today, which is the chocolate peanut butter tagalong. We are
3: drinking that flavor because they were out of the Thin Mint, and the Tagalong <laughs> is my second least favorite. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I like the other peanut butter one, the sandwich one. Oh, those one. ones are
1: really good. That's probably my second favorite. The Dosey Dose. Dos. Yeah.
2: That's the coconut one, right?
1: No. The What's cocos- the coconut one? That's my second favorite. Samoa's. That Samoa's, love Samoas those. are fucking jamming. Yeah. Oh, those yeah. Are, yeah. That's my least favorite. It's hard. Hmm.
2: What's the yeah. that that weird chalky like flat? The shortbread ones. Mm, I don't those like are those the either. Worst.
1: Those are my second to least favorite. Oh, I like the shortbread. <sighs> We have very <laughs> diverse opinions
3: on this podcast. we like, comes... just like thinking That's like the worst. I feel like this could come to
1: blows even. Yeah, I know. I'm actually oh, yeah. like, kind of mad that I don't
2: have like These some,
1: are hills people some will... thin
2: mints to stress eat right now. Oh,
1: yeah, <laughs> These are hills people will definitely die on. Girl Scout Cookie Hills. <laughs> <laughs>
2: Uh, And meanwhile, those people in New York are like, good
3: fight.
1: (laughs) (laughs) So yeah, the cookies, everybody has an opinion about cookies, for sure. Apparently, they've been making Girl Scout cookie coffee for the past five years. Um, So we want to know who roasts the coffee? It's got to be white. (laughs) That's a good guess. Okay, but that's not it. It's roasted by Trilliant Food, and Nutrition.
2: Oh, I'm very familiar with them.
1: They, they what do you know about Trillion Food and Nutrition, Marcus?
2: I know that they own Victor Allen Coffee. Yeah, they I do.
1: Know. I'm going to get a little weepy-eyed here. Who's Victor Allen Coffee? Um,
2: Victor Allen is the guy that taught me how to cup coffee. Oh. Yeah.
1: So Victor Mon- Allen Mondry, that- Allen was his middle name, he randomly came into our lives in 2018, the end of 2018, so we had this opportunity to potentially get a really big account, and we were kind of freaking out about it. And how how did Victor end up at our warehouse?
2: Victor called me, and he's like, "Hey, I'm uh, outside of your warehouse with Tony from Metropolis Coffee, um, and they both uh, came into my warehouse, in my little five kilo coffee roaster, and we started talking about coffee. Awesome, know, it was and
1: crazy. so sweet." And so Victor Mondry is like old school specialty coffee guy. He goes back to like the beginning of the Specialty Coffee Association in the 1970s. Um, He, I was reading up on him and he was described by somebody as an eccentric savant when it comes to coffee. And he had such a palate for coffee that he was used in legal disputes about coffee, like somebody's selling a coffee and they're saying it's this one thing or it's from this one region. And he was brought in as an expert to taste test it and determine if that was true. Whoa. Yeah. Yeah. So Victor Mondry was renowned and respected for his palate and his ability to just seek out amazing coffees. And he was really successful with these coffee shops and so successful that in 2003, Jim Geertz, previous owner of Jack's Pizza, the frozen pizzas oh, in all the grocery stores? Oh, yeah, 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 2003, he bought slash partnered with Victor um, for a bunch of money to buy his coffee shop business. Okay. And so Victor still stayed on with him as a partner uh, to do the green coffee buying and the roast profiling and the blending. Mm-hmm. Um, but... Gertz had a fuck ton of money, and so they opened up and they rapidly expanded all of these coffee shops, and then they had ended up with 13 locations between Madison and Milwaukee. They had a falling out, and I don't really know the whole story behind the falling out, but I do know Victor was a bit of an eccentric, and he had a stronger personality, so I don't know if it was Geertz or Victor or Mutual, some sort of falling out between the two of them. My understanding is it sounds like he was fucked over in some way or another. That's but too I don't bad know exactly why to build a business and be such an expert. Exactly. and then to have your name all over it right And it's like to have that stolen away from you. and then as a part of the agreement, he had like non a non-compete. He mm. couldn't he could no longer use his own name because he now has sold his name away. So all of it was just really kind of shitty.
2: And actually, if you go to like any Menards or Jewel or any like the big, like that Victor Allen coffee in K-Cups, like Mm. it's got a big V on it. Like, oh,
3: yeah, that was his
2: name. He had nothing to do with that coffee. Yeah. And uh, didn't receive a dime from it as far as we could tell. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I'm curious to find out how did Girl Scouts cookies get involved with Trilliant?
1: Geert sold it to Trilliant. In 2013-ish. If you go on the Trilliant website, 1979, our company was founded in Madison, Wisconsin in 1979 as Victor Allen's Coffee Roaster, a micro-roaster renowned for its high-quality specialty coffees. Like, just reading that makes me feel a little bit upset, knowing how things went down. So, to 2013, Jim Geertz sold it to Norwest for like $250 million. A lot of fucking money. That's when they shut down all of the cafes. So anybody okay. in Wisconsin is going to notice 2013 is when all those Victor Allen coffee shops started going out of business, mm. but they weren't going out of business. It's because the company was now refocusing on K-Cups. And then 2015, Norwest sold off to Kainos. Kainos? I don't know how that's pronounced, but that's when they um, doubled their production, oh. decided to really go after all of those bigger accounts, bigger grocery stores. Mm. Then 2017, the Blackstone Group... Bottom, like two hundred and ninety million dollars. So, does anybody know anything about the Blackstone Group? It was like a name that I, was familiar to me, but then I was like, maybe that's because it sounds like Blackwater. Yeah, I was thinking that's mercenaries. What I was thinking, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. Well, I mean, they're also pretty evil, um, <laughs> so you're not that far off. Um, so, Blackstone is actually a huge private equity firm mm. in the United States, um, and that, as far as I can tell, it still has like the controlling interest of Trilliant Coffee. So Blackstone is uh, founded by two fucking rich guys <laughs> called Peter Peterson. We got another. <laughs> Papa Peter Peterson. Papa Peter Peterson, <laughs> um, who was like a dude at Lehman Brothers mm. back mm. before they were super evil in the 2008 financial crisis. Also, a guy named Steven Schwartzman. <sighs>
2: I was really hoping for Steven Stevenson.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry to disappoint. Schwartzman um, means Stevenson
3: in Hebrew. Oh, I knew it. <laughs>
1: <laughs> You're right. So these two guys, Peter Peterson and Steven Schwartzman, they both were like Lehman Brothers buddy buddies. And then in 1985, they're like, let's take $100,000 and start this private equity group. So I mean, if you want to think about like a pull yourselves up by the boots, your bootstraps. Sounds like I they mean, did. I mean, that's not a lot of money. Billions to start of up. dollars now. Wow. That's and they not started. A lot of money to start $400,000. I mean, we could really just admire them. I mean,
2: basically, you have one shot with $400,000. Like, you better get it fucking right.
1: Yeah. I mean, this is how Blackstone actually got really wealthy. God, the
3: name is so ominous. I know. know.
1: (laughs) So there's this little thing called the Great Financial Crisis of 2008, Mm. when everybody fucking lost their homes because they were all underwater. Well, Blackstone was like, oh, great. There are all of these houses that nobody can afford to pay for. So they went to all of the banking institutions, bought up all of these people's houses that they had foreclosed on. Then what they did was they rented those houses back to the people for exorbitant amounts of money Uh. and made their fortunes on the backs of people who had lost their homes and now are homeless. Oh, my God. That's awful. Yeah. Yeah.
2: Yeah, that's fucking evil.
1: Yeah, they also make their f- make a bunch of money on deforestation on the Amazon rainforest. Gosh,
2: like thirty seconds ago, I was like, "God, ah, these guys are really hard workers," and I'm like, "Oh, eating those words right now."
1: <laughs> Damn. Yeah. Damn. No. I don't um, feel good about
2: what I said at all.
1: The, this is just me scratching the surface of Blackstone. These are ah. the things I found out. So yeah, going back to Steven Schwartzman, who is still currently the CEO of Blackstone. Uh, Please tell
2: me his daughter went to Girl Scouts. He's like, I got to buy that fucking company.
1: <laughs> no, I wish, I wish. <laughs> I want
2: a piece of that.
1: No, he, um, he is... BFFs with Donald Trump. He has a house next door to him in Mar-a-Lago. Um, he, under Trump, was appointed the chairman of Strategic and Policy Forum. So he was like politically connected. Also, in 2011... So he sounds there was, like
2: not a bad guy.
1: No, not at all. So in 2011, Vladimir Putin decided to start up this thing called the Russian Direct Investment Fund, so that they could make a bunch of money from people around the globe. And Stephen Schwartzman was named a member of the advisory board to Vladimir Putin's new Russian Direct Investment Fund, which I could not find any information that said that he was no longer connected with it.
3: Wow.
1: Um, so yeah, the United States right now is currently imposing sanctions Directly on the Russian Direct Investment Fund.
3: Mm. And
1: that's who owns Trilliant, who makes Girl Scout cookie Uh. coffee. So your Girl Scouts are kind of maybe funding... Oh, God! (laughs) The Uh. Russian invasion of Ukraine? I don't know. Well it would only be the Girl
2: Scout cookie coffee.
1: Yeah. Oh right. That's true. Your Girl Scout cookies at like those girls in front of Walgreens are probably not funding the war. (laughs) I cannot we are
2: certain that they're not. But they're probably not yet. The girl the licensed Girl Scout cookie coffee that's going to Trillion, which is part of Blackstone, which is part of Russia's oligarch friends. Yeah. Um Wait, is Blackstone part of the Russian Direct Investment Fund?
1: Well, I don't know. I decided to stop going down that uh, rabbit hole too deeply when I found out that Blackstone also owns a big portion now of Oatly, Ooh. the coffee or the uh, oat, the leading oat beverage that we like to drink. <laughs> uh, they, oh. sold, they sold a $200 million portion of their company to Blackstone, and I was like, well, this could just be a whole other episode. So I just wanted to kind of give the, the tip of the iceberg. To Blackstone. Okay, so as far as we Russian know, Direct there's no, there's
2: no just, to, just to be clear, there's no correlation between Blackstone and Russia's Direct Investment Fund other than Stephen Stevenson. The
1: CEO of <laughs> <laughs> Stephen Stevenson of Blackstone being uh, the, the, invest, the, right. the, the, the advisory board. So yeah, I mean, had I started and found that out first and said at the very end of my research, maybe this could have been a whole episode about Blackstone, but... Instead, I wanted to make it more about Victor Allen. I just think it's an interesting that we started with Victor visiting us in our warehouse, mm. and somehow we ended in Russia. Yeah. <laughs> um,
2: but that's how globally connected coffee is. Yeah. <laughs> Speaking of coffee...
1: Wait, wait, I'm not done yet. I just do want to say, though, that Victor passed away mm. um, shortly after we met him from esophageal cancer. Um, but we were really lucky to have met him because he taught us a lot about the coffee industry and a lot of things, um, that Marcus still incorporates into what we do now.
2: Yeah. And I'm, like I said, I'm fortunate. He's, he's the one that taught me how to cup coffee. So that's, and also the importance of cupping coffee. I don't think there's anybody better to learn from. Yeah. So thanks, Victor.
1: Thanks, Victor. So yeah, that's the crazy story of the Girl Scout coffee.
3: Wow.
2: Hmm. It's kind of fucked up, man.
1: I would prefer it if
3: Girl Scouts were being forced to roast the coffee, honestly, <laughs> as opposed to this crazy story. <laughs> Is it wrong when child labor
1: seems like a better option? Yeah, right?
0: Well, like, shall we brew this? Uh, cake cup? Modest Coffee roasts the highest quality, single-origin coffees without the snobbery. They take the guesswork out of buying specialty coffee by carefully curating green coffees and sorting them to one of their tiers, based on cupping score, price, flavor notes, and roast level. Go to www.modest.coffee forward slash no bad reviews to see what they're roasting today. Pip pip chewio!
1: Is this going to work?
0: What is
2: that?
1: (laughs) 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 Juno's like, what the fuck?
3: (laughs) (sighs) She does not approve.
2: All right.
1: Oh, I see coffee coming. (laughs) Yay.
2: Is it done brewing already?
1: Well, we have our coffee. We brewed it. We dumped two cups into a glass coffee craft for our regular coffee maker. And uh, we can now pour out some coffee for ourselves.
2: Yeah, it smells like peanut butter and coffee. It,
1: it does. does. Yeah. yeah.
3: It's not an unpleasant smell, even though you wouldn't think peanut butter and coffee would necessarily go together. It's still a uh, pleasant.
2: Yeah. <laughs> like cookies, too. It's got a, like a peanut butter cookie, like a little, little graham cracker action.
1: Yeah. It smells yeah. to me like a like a chocolate shop at the mall. Oh. Mm. You can yeah, smell it? Yeah. Like, Gloria Jean's right uh-huh. next to that
2: nut roasting place. Yeah. <laughs> Mm-mm. Can't wait to try that tea looking coffee
3: it is pretty light which is like a little bit refreshing after the many too dark aggressively
1: dark coffees we've had uh, sorry
2: <laughs> i, mean I am getting the notes
1: much. of the peanut butter though when i smell it yeah i do get peanut butter notes for sure it feels mm-hmm. hot is it hot enough it if the mug feels enough. warm and the house is kind of chilly so it's kind of nice to have a warm yeah. cup in my hands i
2: mean it's you know it got to an acceptable temperature for drinking but not an acceptable temperature for brewing. Okay. Yeah.
1: Unless it just cooled off so much in that w- in that three inches from where it came <laughs> out and hit the cup, <laughs> all that cool air as it was yeah. dribbling yeah. out. Did be. you start with a warm cup? Mm-mm. I mean, heat loss into the cup.
2: Mm-mm.
1: I mean, curing? We don't know.
2: No, we do know. Yeah, <laughs> I just tested it with a the thermometer twice.
0: <laughs>
1: I'm gonna let it
3: cool a little more in the hopes that the flavor will come out a little more as it cools. I'm um I'm definitely getting much less flavor than I was aroma mm-hmm. as far as the peanut butter and chocolate. And it is an incredibly weak cup mm-hmm. of coffee. Mm-hmm. Oh my
1: god. Yeah. I thought that like one K cup should make a 12 ounce cup of coffee. Because mm. to me that's the American standard. Right. And that anything less would just give you a stronger cup of coffee.
3: Mm-hmm.
1: But I think I'm wrong.
2: There's a strong button on there. Maybe we should try that. Oh. Because this tastes very watery.
1: We could try that. All right, let's try the strong button and see yeah. what happens. Now the light just turned on.
2: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. No, give it a chance. Give it a chance. Give it a chance. This is what happened last time.
1: We are all <laughs>
3: silently staring at the recording machine on the coffee table.
2: Wait, wait. Yes, it's starting. You can hear it.
3: I hear something.
1: You hear it rumbling. I maybe hear a rumbling.
2: Yeah, that's the, that's, that's the excitement.
3: The noises are really fun.
1: It does make some really fun noises.
2: It's like brewing disappointment.
3: (laughs) (laughs) We should change the name of the podcast. (sighs) Oh, that's so angry. (laughs) Good. I don't think it looks stronger. I bet... So we brewed it into the pot. I bet if we had brewed it into a cup, it might just be slightly smaller. Do you think?
1: I mean, I still set it for 12 ounces.
3: (sighs) I don't know. It's cute that it has a button, I guess. That's fine.
2: I mean, you can see right
1: fucking through it. Yeah, I could, like, read a book through it. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, So my brewing recommendation is don't try to make this into a twelve-ounce cup. If uh-huh. you really want to get some chocolate peanut butter flavor, you're gonna to have to definitely brew less. Do you want to Can brew yourself a cup of like with
2: like six, eight like ounces of water? Yeah. yeah, let's try that. Okay. I'm willing to. I'm willing to get somewhere with this because right now I'm just. I'm like do, gonna write a letter to the Girl Scout cookies on how disappointed I am in their coffee. <laughs> All right, that's good.
1: I feel like you were just really, really looking forward to this chocolate, peanut butter, flavored Girl Scouts K Cup and flavor. Look at the and picture. they have let you down. Look
2: at how dark that coffee is. I mean, it's very dark
1: in the picture, very on the, rich. On the,
2: yeah. And like, it is the complete opposite of what I'm experiencing right now.
1: I mean, they, this false advertising. It really is. This almost like looks I'm like chicory fucking, coffee like on the I'm this about to throw label. my coffee
2: cup through the window. It says it's 100% <laughs> so Arabica
1: coffee. And this is fair trade, though. It's looking a little darker. I'm still set it on the strong setting for you, Marcus. Is K-cup coffee generally weaker?
2: Yeah, it is, and it's for the reasons I mentioned. Like it how can't many... get the water hot enough.
1: I'm gonna go weigh this and find out how many grams are in this K-cup. Ooh, that would because be Because I think idea. that is gonna tell us something. Yeah.
2: All right. It's. Ew. Is it better? It's getting better. It's getting better. I want to see what the weight is.
1: You and I both. Nine grams.
2: Nine grams of coffee. So,
1: like, realistically, even if you want to go on, like, a brew ratio that's, like, adds more water, 5.7 ounces max. Mm. There it is. I feel like it has a weird
3: alcohol smell.
1: I mean, that's probably definitely a flavoring oil.
3: Oh, yeah.
1: Because the yeah. flavoring oils have all sorts of, like, weird chemicals in them. I'm trying, I'm imagining, like, the other flavored coffees that we've had to do it needs some sugar to round out the flavor
3: right
2: okay i'm brewing now the second cup 45 minutes later i accidentally
1: (laughs) put in way too much sugar which i didn't realize 45 minutes later sorry go ahead no it's okay i'm just
2: timing it to see how long it takes to brew a cup of coffee with six ounces of water
1: somehow this is looking slightly darker am i wrong you're wrong (laughs) it's like wishful thinking over here yeah so i added just the teeniest amount of sugar to my two ounces of coffee but i think because the coffee was brewed so weakly, Mm -hmm. it is like overpowered now Mm -hmm. my hope is that with some cream and some sugar that it will taste like a milk chocolate peanut butter Mm. coffee Mm -hmm. sugar is 56 seconds 56 seconds yeah that's not long enough this is the it's closest like the, that a, I
2: can get it to be as as close to a cup of coffee <laughs> like, as possible. Yeah. And um, hmm. I'm just sad.
3: Mm-hmm. It really doesn't taste bad. It just doesn't taste like much of anything. No.
2: Yeah, I'm just going to go straight to the whiskey.
1: <laughs>
3: can Do you not me, pass go? Give me
1: the whipped cream, please. I'm going to have to just go straight to the whipped cream, too. You know, I'm going to put some in my mouth to take away the flavor. Can I have some of the whipped cream?
3: I have added some whiskey. Um wow, it tastes like water with a hint of whiskey. <laughs> I don't usually I don't know. Usually the whiskey helped. I feel like there's not
1: a whole lot to feel good about.
2: Yeah, I mean if you're out there In like this. thinking that you're supporting the Girl Scout organization by buying this coffee and and then you're getting like you're not even getting like a passable cup of coffee in exchange for your hard-earned money like I don't there's nothing to feel good about here so I'm having a really difficult time coming up with like not a bad thing to that's say where about the it. fun part is though all right
1: this is great when I am really feeling like I want the smell of peanut butter <laughs> And, you know, I just want something warm-ish. Like, I want my coffee (laughs) ready to drink. I don't want it so hot that it's going to burn my mouth. And, you know, it's the afternoon. I still got to sleep later. So I don't want my coffee too strong in flavor or caffeine content.
3: (laughs) I think I can honestly say that with a little bit of whiskey, I like this coffee more than I like Vladimir Putin.
2: (laughs) That's good. That's fair. That's fair.
1: I think that's perfect. Hmm.
2: I have added a lot of whiskey Mm -hmm. to this. How's that Mm -hmm. going for
1: you? Tastes like a hot mess. (laughs) (laughs) That's not a no bad review, though. It tastes like (laughs) a, a hot opportunity. If you love
3: Girl Scout cookies, you should just buy Girl Scout cookies and eat them
1: with your regular cup of coffee. That's a good idea.
0: Yeah.
2: Now, who do you think this coffee's for?
1: I would say if you're really into trying things (laughs) over and over again, expecting different results, then this is the coffee for you. Mm. Yeah. Mm.
2: If you have no coffee in your house and you found this coffee, Girl Scout coffee in a K-cup in the back of your pantry, then this would be the perfect coffee for you. (laughs) Well, um, then that's our episode.
1: Well, I know that I'm really looking forward to our Patreon bonus episode mm. where we try the actual cookies of this flavor. So we're going to try a box of the Girl Scout taglongs next to the Aldi brand version. And we're going to see which one tastes better for Love It or Leave It. If you got something you want to say, which is awesome, we want to hear from you.
2: If you're in the wild, you see some really awesome or unusual coffee, please feel free to give us an email at or hello. No,
1: take a picture and tag us on social media. Mm. If you just have an idea, but you don't necessarily have a picture, go ahead and send us an email at hello at no bad reviews podcast. Our social media is at no bad reviews pod. Find us on Patreon, which is awesome. That's where you're going to get our bonus episodes. patreon.com slash no bad reviews pod and really
2: appreciate your support there yes
1: thank you so much for supporting us directly through patreon find us on your favorite podcasting app and tell your friends give us ratings reviews thank you i just found out
2: that apple gives you more points if you say their name Um, (laughs) so make sure you go to apple podcasts make sure you go if you are into itunes uh, make sure you go to their website because the robots like to hear Apple Podcasts.
1: <laughs> is that true? Yeah. Okay, so should we just make a whole entire podcast episode of us saying <laughs> Apple Podcasts? <laughs> Apple Podcasts. <laughs> Apple
2: Podcasts. <laughs> no. um, but yeah, be, be sure to tell your friends that we are on Apple Podcasts
3: <laughs> uh, and
2: Spotify. And Steph, take us out.
3: Make new friends, but keep the old. One is
1: silver and the other's gold.
0: Thank you for listening to this podcast generously sponsored by Modest Coffee, purveyors of single-origin coffee without the snobbery. Visit www.modest.coffee forward slash no bad reviews to see what they're roasting today. Enjoy.